welcome to another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. I'm Wayne Highlander, Director of Sales for Bone Adhesives. I'm Rob Johnson from Bone Training. I think that was my best one yet, Rob. You did really good there. I think you I got used to it. Loud right through. Absolutely. Yeah. End of Friday, you came through. Yes. The third one of the day, so much better. I'm proud of thank, you, kid. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy the weekend. There you go. Rob, we have a special guest uh, with us today. Uh, I've, I've known Adam for a while, but I've, uh, I've followed him for e- even longer than that. Uh, we're talking with Adam Bissey with Floors by the Shore. And uh, thanks for being on, Adam. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And maybe just uh, give us a little bit about your background. Uh, well, I uh, started uh, in the flooring business with my father when I was a kid. Uh, my father mostly did uh, carpet and refinishing of vinyl floors. And uh, you know, I started my own business in the in the 90s. And uh, I quickly got into hardwood in the 90s and really you know, stuck with that. My father was more into the carpet world, but I kind of liked the refinishing, believe it or not, of uh, vinyl floors back in the day when I was, when I was real young, back in the, back in the eighties. And uh, I liked the refinishing process. And so it was a natural kind of fit for me to, to start thinking about hardwood floors and, and the refinishing of that. So I really kind of, kind of stuck with me. Plus wood is such a, a bigger part of people's flooring options today. So obviously, if you want to have a business that's successful, you want to make money. I think wood is is always the best choice. Plus, I'm very into, you know, renewable resources, things that last. What I found out from uh, doing maintenance on floors when I was younger was that, um, you know, the flooring choice that you made uh, really and how you maintained it was a, a big part of how long it lasted. You know, because you, you buy cheap products, they don't last, they're not installed properly, and nobody's really happy with it. But if you spend the extra money up front, you buy products that are renewable and restorable, then you can have floors that last, you know, generations. And so I, I guess I got a, a real view of that by starting out on the maintenance side first, before I got into installation, and really saw what people were happy with, what they weren't happy with, and why some decisions were poor and why other ones were, were great. And I always felt that wood was the, by far the best choice for flooring for people's homes, even, even back in the eighties. And then obviously as it got more popular in the nineties, uh, it just took to it, I guess. And my father wasn't really that big into wood, as I'd mentioned, but, but when I started my own business, I knew that's what I really wanted to focus on. So a lot of it was self-taught in the beginning until I realized that, you know, there was a lot more to it than I could teach myself and ended up going to NWFA school, bonus school, realized that you met amazing people in those courses, uh, got to form some great contacts and great relationships, like with you guys on, on the bonus side with Jeff Ofredo and Frank Capolino. Those are guys that I call on a regular basis to get information from. They really helped me in my business by uh, in fact, I just called Frank today about a situation where somebody wants me to install some wood flooring on a ceiling, something I really haven't done a lot of. Um, but it's a builder I do work for, and they're really, they really need some help. So I figured, hey, let's see if we can get this done for them. And uh, it's great having a, a group of people that I could call on to get information from, because you can't know everything. That's for sure. Yeah. But I, I try to have the answers for people by knowing the best people to call. And you mentioned a little bit about that in your article about having good partners. And uh, so before we get in the article that I'm, I'm referencing, uh, you guys, is, uh, is an article written by Adam Bissey. Uh, it's, it's entitled, What Lies Beneath? How I Prevent Moisture Problems Before the Sale. And it's in Wood Floor Business Magazine. And uh, I'll, I'm going to get into that. But before I do, I just want to ask you also, uh, you do a lot on Instagram. And I follow you on Instagram, and you have a, a, a you know, you got a lot of great pictures of some. You, you're you're in some very high end floors, man, or, or homes, and you do some beautiful jobs. But what I like about yours also is you go into detail, a lot of detail of behind the scenes and 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 what have you, and the techniques and the reason why you do certain things and what have you, and explain it. And 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 I think that's uh, I love that because it's it's a great learning tool for other other people as well people in the trades and, 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 and homeowners alike. Yeah. Thank you. I, I feel like, I guess I'm sort of a natural teacher. 
I've always took to it. I always like to to train my guys who are coming on and it and it gives me a lot of satisfaction. But also I think I help homeowners, you know, who follow me and get to see because I, I point out things, why they look the way they do, what could have been done differently, and you know, why their floors have issues. I I feel like people have floor issues all over the country. And if I could help somebody out there by making a post saying this is wrong. This is wrong. This is how it should be done. Then, you know, I, I feel like, uh, helps me sleep better at night for sure. Nice. Uh, so first of all, what prompted you to write the article? This is the, the I, I, I really like, you know, encourage people to go to the article and read the article because it is one of the most in-depth article I've read on the subjects and some great pictures that illustrates everything, uh, in great detail. And, uh, so, uh, it's very much well worth reading. And, and so what prompted you to, to write the article? Uh, well, Kim uh, contacted me from Wood Floor Business uh, a little while back, and we did an article on metal inlays. I was posting on metal inlays and how I learned how to do that at uh, NWFA Advanced School from, uh, from Jason Elquest. And, and so I was posting about that, how we do it, and she um, wanted to do an article on that. So I originally did an article on, on metal inlays and through talking with Kim, uh, we just, you know, we just started talking about lots of other things too, because she's very easy to talk to and she's really a wonderful person to work with. And her and I spoke about lots of things and it just naturally came up, I think in a conversation, um, something that was happening in my life at that time with the wood floor and how I was handling it with moisture. And, and she stated to me, she said, I have more requests for uh, moisture articles than I do for almost anything else. And she said, I feel like I've done so many moisture articles that I, I, my, the way I presented it to her, she said was, was unique and that she would really love to do an article uh, based on the way that I look at jobs and the way that I handle them and my relationship with my moisture expert who helps me, you know, solve my problems. Cause that's the, you know, the first thing I tell people is that I'm, this is, I'm not the expert here. Um, but I, I have experts in my pocket. And if you're willing to fix the situation, uh, then we can proceed and we can, you know, we can guarantee that your floors are not going to have issues. And as most people know, the floors, primarily have issues from moisture, mm-hmm. moisture and subfloor flatness. That's what I find in all the issues that I'm looking at. Uh, subfloor flatness is certainly an issue, but beyond that, I, I feel like moisture is just not thought about enough. And maybe some think it's too complicated. Um, I'm not really sure, but for me, I've found a great relationship in my moisture mitigation person. And he does all types of things between encapsulation um, dehumidification, um, ventilation. And I just know when I need to bring him in. I sort of, he, he likes to think of me as like basically a little bit of a weirdo because I, I have this innate sense of when there's a high moisture environment. Uh, I'm really sensitive to musty odors and molds and it, and my body just, it's like, it's almost like a red light is going off in my body. I sense it almost immediately. And it's something I thought was terrible when I was younger. And now as I've gotten older and doing estimates and and figuring out people's issues, I have found it to be quite beneficial uh, because I really, you know, always go into the basement. I always look into the crawl space. Uh, I'm called in often to floors that were cupped. And, you know, why did they cup? What's going on? How do we fix it? A lot of times, uh, they're just calling me in to sand the floors. They're not even really aware of what's happening to the floors and the, the fact that they're cupped or the fact that their environment in their home is really poor. Um, and I've learned this from Gary, who's my expert that I deal with from uh, Nash Everett. And I really feel like, you know, every floor guy should, should make a connection with a person like, like I have with Gary Szymanski uh, from Nash Everett. Because I feel like that's one that's somebody that you can you know, pass business on to. 
And I, I really enjoy, you know, uh, passing business on to, to people that I, that I like and helping them out. So it, I helped grow his business. I trust him. You know, I trust him with my customers. I trust that he's always going to do the right thing. And, and ultimately, I think he, he makes me look better. You know, a lot of times I will call him on the job site. He'll answer. Sometimes he'll even come over and look at the situation while I'm still there. And there's just a lot of unknowns. Um, and we have a lot of building practices around here between basements, crawl spaces, and slabs. So we have like a mixture here in New Jersey. Uh, we don't have just slabs or just basements. And crawl spaces are really probably the worst part of what we deal with because I find that most people don't want to go into their crawl space. It's kind of the no man's land. You know, I, I, have, a, I have a hatch down there. I, I've looked in there, but, you know, I'm not going in there. Right, right. <laughs> uh, some people have dirt. Uh, and they think that that's okay to have uh, dirt in their crawl space exposed. And that's where I educate them that that just that just can't be. It needs to be encapsulated. And generally, from that point, it needs to be dehumidified. Uh, but there are times where he'll de dehumidify and ventilate. Uh, stale air is often, you know, a big part of it. And I think that's why my senses go off because I can sense the stale air, and it and it really affects me. Where I instantly get sick to my stomach. I get a headache almost instantly. And, and so I always, when I'm looking, especially when I'm looking at new floors, um, if the floors are flat and I go in to look at a sand job and there's nothing wrong that I can see, I don't always go into the basement and look at things. Um, cause generally I, you know, I'm not installing new floors. So the moisture content of that area is not quite as important for me, but when I'm installing a new floor, I, I insist on going into whatever area uh, would be under those floors and, and checking out what's going on and, you know, making sure that it's fixed before I put a floor in. So I, I, I find that if you fix that situation before I get there, before I do my work, then uh, we're not going to have any problems with the floors. You know, one of the things I, uh, I got from the article that I think um, uh, a lot of floor guys are guilty of was how you use other trades and how you rely on other trades moving gas lines moving toilets plumbing things like that because I, I think we all at one time in our life said yeah i can do this i can do that put a toilet back for people and you know sometimes uh, when i read that i was like yeah, that's definitely the way to go use other people yeah, and uh, if you're not an expert in that trade, I mean, we have enough to do in our trade, right? To, that we don't have, we can, you know, let people do what they do for a living. Uh, you also, there's a quote that I that I love the, what you said here, and I think it's, it says everything, is that water always wins. That's a great quote. Um, but, you know, when you first start sanding floors, you're first going to business for yourself, or you first start sanding floors, you know, it, life is pretty simple because you don't know what you don't know. You know, you see a cup, cup floor, you walk in, and you go, oh, I, I sand floors. I mean, that's what we do. We sand floors and whatever. But it's so, so much being a floor contractor and an expert is so much more than that, right? I mean, because like you said, I mean, you, you, you go on that floor, it's cupped. It's cupped for a reason. And after you leave, uh, it's going to be flat. But yeah, it, it could absolutely, you have not fixed the, the problem. Uh, and you might, they may have a reoccurring issue. So how do you, you know, it, People don't, like you say in your article, I mean, people don't mind spending $10,000 on something they're going to see that's beautiful that they walk on. like, oh, my gosh, that looks beautiful. Uh, but spending $10,000 uh, on a water problem underneath the house that they're never going to see is a little tougher conversation, huh? It definitely is. And it takes people some time, I think, to absorb all the information that we give them, absorb the cost. But I simply explained to them, like, I'm here because your floors look terrible. And I can make them look great temporarily, but if they're going to cup again, you're right back to where we were. And even if you dry the situation out after that point, they may correct themselves to a certain extent. But what I usually find is they're never right again until you sand them. And they have to be dried before they're sanded, you know, because we're all familiar with crowning and sanding a wet floor and then it dries and then it crowns. 
So I really want to, you know, take care of the moisture situation before we do anything. Generally, I'm telling them that I want that corrected and I want his uh, systems going for a solid two to three months before I come in and do my thing. And there's no doubt we turn some people off. I mean, there's, we don't get every job, that is for sure. Uh, all we could do is educate them if they don't go the route of the way we believe, then, you know, it's, you can lead a horse to water, right? But you can't make him drink. And, and I just believe it through, through my training. You know, uh, I also have an undergraduate in biology. So I, I really enjoy the education process uh, throughout, you know, and enjoyed it in college, enjoyed it at the NWFA and through Bona. And I, you know, just a seeker of, of knowledge, I guess. And, and I, so I really enjoy when I meet other people like that. And my, my friend Gary is certainly like that. So I'm constantly getting an education from him on, on how things are and why they are, why it's doing what it is. Um, and you can see from the article, the pictures of his finished product. I mean, it's, you know, you could, you could basically live down there on these crawl spaces. I'm sure you've been in plenty of crawl spaces that didn't look so hot. And I think it's just the people don't think about it, it you know, and the, some of the building practices that are standard, uh, like vents that are just open to the outside air. And we have, you know, our microclimate here in Jersey is super, super dry, super moist. It's all over the place, super hot. Uh, and it gets pretty cold at times. And I explained to them that, you know, what's happening outside is just happening underneath your home. And if you just have open vents to the outside, then everything under your floors is lumber for the most part. And it's all being affected by the environment outside. So uh, here's my thoughts about that. So, you know, yeah, you're going to lose some jobs, no question. And that's fine. I mean, some of the best jobs are the ones you don't get, right? But also, you can sleep better at night. It helps you on the other side because you know what the, the work you're doing. You can feel better about the work you're doing because you're doing it responsibly and what have you. And and you're you're, you're you know there's less chances and issues you're going to have down the road. So I think that's where you get it back. And and it's man, it, it's just it's good for your business. It's good for your clients. But this guy that you mentioned, uh, Gary, was his name? Yes. So someone look someone living in a, in a different part of the country in Texas or somewhere else, who do you go to look for for this guy? What company, who do you seek out even uh, for, for this trade? Who do you look for? I mean, he's an expert in this industry, but how would you seek this guy out? Oh, that's a good question. I guess I just got lucky and I met him at a networking event, but generally they're going to be mold experts, mold remediators. Um, and uh, moisture remediators, a lot of times they would maybe look up like humidex systems, dehumidification, but generally environmental air quality. Okay. That's what, if you, if you Googled environmental air quality, I would guarantee you that some, something would come up in your area that would help you form a relationship with a company like this. And there are several around here. I've dealt with several in the past. You really, just like anything, there's great floor guys and and not so great floor guys and same thing in every trade. I, I went through a few people before I really settled on Gary and formed my relationship with him. So I, you just, you have to look like anything else. I, I take notice when I'm on job sites, I really like to take notice of other trades. I'm a big fan. I'm a big believer in giver's gain. And, and so I really like to pass business to people that I think are, really add value for my customers and they, you know, and then ultimately make me look good. Um, and I hope that they pass me business the same way, whether they do or not is, is doesn't really matter. Um, because again, it makes me feel good that I'm helping a customer. And I feel like, you know, there are so many smart people out there, but when it comes to their house, they are really clueless. Like they really just don't know their systems, their heating, their cooling. Um, they really just don't know a lot about building, but they're, you know, they're professional people who, who have a really good job and very smart at what they do. But, but when it comes to the building practices and, and how things are done, they, they don't know butkus. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm really happy to educate them a little bit. And I guess the same reason I like to educate my my employees and teach them how to do things 
Uh, we're starting an apprenticeship program through the NWFA as well. Um, that I think that knowledge is really key to doing everything properly. I get a lot, I get some feedback too on my Instagram. Oh, you know, you know, certifications are bullshit. I'm sorry. I don't know if I should say that. But. Uh, you're, you're fine. <laughs> um, and you know, how dare, how dare you uh, say that, that people should be certified to do what we do. And that's not right. That's it's against our, our, you know, our being an American. <laughs> and I personally have a problem with it. I, you know, I think electricians and plumbers, they go through licensing and, and they're forced uh, to take testing to become a electrician and a plumber. But uh, the rest of the trades out there can really just get into the trade any way they want, whether they know what they're doing or not. And that's why there's so much bad out there, I think, uh, because there's no forced training by anybody. Yeah. It's not the way it is in Europe. But it is the way it is here. And I think that's why you get so many calls, Wayne, on, you know, I'm sure you get a lot of calls of what's going on here. Why? Yeah. What's from customers, too, probably. I mean, you got a uh, bonus sends me a lot of customers who uh, were referred for problems and going to look at these problems. You're like, wow, just a little education would have gone a long way here. Well, they, they say the you know knowledge is power, but knowledge isn't really power until it's applied. And I think a lot of guys will even know this, but I, I think the fear of losing a job because of telling the, the customer they're going to need to do $8,000 with a re, re, remediation work downstairs or whatever, I think scares a lot of guys off. But, mm -hmm. um, but I, 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 you know, I agree with you. I mean, it, it, I think it goes miles of your credibility when you, when you explain it to a homeowner. And after what they've done, when, like you said, when you look at pictures of that, that, that crawl space before you did your work and afterward, I mean, like you said, it looks like you can eat off that place. You can live down there and they see the value and, and you get a happy customer with no complaints down the road. They're going to refer that guy to another job. So who does the encapsulation? Is it your crew or do you use Gary's crew? Gary does all of that work. Anything in the crawl space. My, my guys pretty much stay out of the crawl space. <laughs> we look, we look, see things that are issues and then just refer Gary immediately. And bring him in. I mean, he's usually wearing a Tyvek suit and uh, a respirator. You know, there there's some really bad situations that I pulled him into. We had a restaurant recently that had uh, a drain in the floor that was going just into the crawl space. Um, they had a they they had a, a pipe pipe from the bathroom that was just leaking sewage into the crawl space. Title sometimes around here we have title uh, water coming into. So there's. There's so many variables that I feel like unless you're an expert, you can't answer properly. And it's taken me my whole life to learn everything about wood floors. I feel like uh, I can't fit any more information about all that. So <laughs> I need to carry, I need to call Gary and make sure that it's being treated properly. And, you know, sometimes I miss things and we're already into a job. Uh, definitely not perfect. And, and then I have to, we find things as we're removing things. We find mold sometimes. I mean, what floor guy hasn't ripped up floors and found some rot or mold that was present and and saw something that was leaking that you weren't aware of, you know? And it's it's really it is mold, and you you should at that point run an air scrubber. You should set up additional containment, and you should know how to treat that situation because if you don't, then you're you're getting mold spores throughout somebody's home, and if they have young kids. You know, it's just not a good idea. You have to be worried about people's uh, air quality. And I guess because I'm so sensitive to air quality that I'm probably more aware than most. And and also I have kids. So, you know, I'm more aware of maybe someone who doesn't have kids. Maybe I, I don't know. But um, I to, to me, it's a big concern. People's air quality between using dustless systems and setting up containment and then if we find something that is that is off that is taken care of by a professional just as i said with plumbers and electricians you know those those people have a, their uh, knowledge for a reason and you need to call them in when you need them i also have a structural guy that you know i do, i talked about lolly columns and, and things in here and you know i they have educated me on how things should look and and then I just apply that on the job. 
and I see it often. I see you know temporary lolly columns put into homes all the time, and uh, people just aren't aware. They've been living in the house for 20, 30 years, and they've had a temporary lolly column with a pin holding up their house for 30 years. And yeah, the house hasn't fallen in, but it's probably a good idea if you have a permanent lolly column put in at a footing. Yes. I was uh, so happy when I read that. My house was built in the early 50s. And when I read the lelicom should be the solid concrete steel encased with the concrete, I was like, all right, we got something going good in the house. We're good. Everything's fine now. No temporaries. You know, th th there's a couple other issues too, is that, yeah, it's good for their hardwood floors. We talk about mold and those type of things. It's also good for their health, uh, you know, their the living environment, you know, air pollution and what have you. And uh, it's also great for resale value. So, it, you know, when you ask it for another $10,000 on, on a project, really, if you look at what all goes into that, I mean, the quality of life and everything else, man, it's a big deal. What do you, what do, you do uh, on concrete slabs? Do you do moisture tests on concrete slabs? Do you guys use fit boxes or how do you, how do you handle that? Oh, yes, definitely. I, I use a Wagner RH probe. I drill into the slab, uh, leave it for 24 to 48 hours, uh, then sometimes test and retest, leave it in there for a certain amount of time. I used to uh, install over non-self-leveled slabs in the past. About five, six years ago, I decided I was never installing a hardwood floor over a concrete slab that I didn't self-level. Mm -hmm. And since I have changed my process, I have certainly lost more jobs over concrete, <laughs> but the ones that I did get went as smooth as they could have gone I have had no issues of, of any type of failure in the floor. Uh, my guys love it because the floor just goes together like butter. And we, you know, somewhat self-taught ourselves how to self-level, but we went to Ardex school too. So got certified by Ardex. Uh, I'm sure you're aware of them. They make self-levelers, patch and everything. And we got certified in their moisture mitigation systems. I've been using some other products since then, like Shonox and, and, and other things, but ultimately I've, I've saw a lot of issues in this area where guys were uh, nailing plywood over concrete. And to me, that was just the worst application of the hardwood floor installation I, I saw. Those floors were cupped, they were failing. And to rip all that up, plywood, the hardwood and everything, that just the waste that's created is intense. And, and so we started self-leveling, you know, checking for moisture with a probe. We use a couple of different moisture mitigation systems from Ardex. They have a two-part epoxy that I'm fond of using. Um, that's that's a, like a black tar. It's a little more difficult to work with and you have to broadcast sand over it uh, once while it's still wet. But if you're certified by Ardex and you use this moisture mitigation system, it gives you a 25-year moisture warranty against issues with the floor from uh, over a slab if you're certified by Ardex. So I thought that was a great idea to get certified by them and be able to offer this type of warranty uh, from a, a third party. Um, and really, it's not the only one I use. They have some other products uh, like VR98 is a product. So they have different moisture uh, mitigation products based on how much moisture readings I am getting from my probe. And I've seen everything from uh, the low 30s, 20s, all the way up to 99, 100%. Hmm. So it's really all over the place. If you didn't test a slab, how do you, you just don't know. Yeah, I've, I've seen slabs that they look dry as a bone and the moisture reading was 98%. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, that is just as important as looking in the crawl space and looking in the basement to see what's going on um, and taking an RH reading and the temperature reading. I've, I've also uh, held up several jobs since I started using the probes just on temperature of the slab too, because we've done some, uh, some uh, multi-unit places uh, that were uh, raised slabs over steel decking. And in the past, I would just I would just go and not think about it. You know, oh, it's raised. How could it have any any right. any issues? Uh, and what I found through putting these probes in was that there was it was temperature was really low. Um, some of them had air just flow underneath of them, and so I had to 
hold off on the jobs. And when you can, when you can show proof and definitive um, meter readings to a customer, they don't, the feedback is positive. Yeah. They, you know, they're, they're like, Oh, thank you. You know, I, I, I know you're looking out for my best interest yeah. and also my own in the process. Cause if there's a problem, I'm the one that's getting called <laughs> and I'm the one that's got to fix it ultimately. So I, to me, it is assurance that I am not going to lose money on the back end Yeah, because there's nothing worse than going back to somebody's house to fix something. It's automatically a loser in my eyes. If I have to go back because we didn't do something properly, we didn't check for moisture and we're going to have now a potential rip up um, or, you know, maybe a resand, whatever it might be. That's, that's a, that's a loser every day of the week. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And if you can do, if, if I can do my due diligence up front to avoid that, then you're automatically going to be more successful. You, perhaps you'll get less jobs because of it, but over time you'll, your reputation will build that it won't matter anymore. And, you know, you'll get in front of enough people who, who respect that process that you've put into place and seek you out for it. Tell us a little bit about the, uh, Fed box. Yeah. Like how I use them or. Yeah. Well, typically I use them a lot more often over, uh, radiant floors. First of all, maybe, maybe for some listeners that don't know what they are, maybe kind of just explain what they are too, Adam. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, um, they're, a, a little red box that, uh, goes under the floor. You have to route it out. Um, and it sends signals twice a day of the uh, RH and the temperature of the floor. And it goes to an app on your phone. You can transfer it to the customer if they wish. Although most of my customers want me to monitor. <laughs> They're like, no, no, you keep it. Yeah, that is. <laughs> so I honestly didn't respect them as much until I had an issue that it saved my butt. And what happened with me was I installed uh, some Allegheny hardwood mountain uh, flooring, a five inch rift and quarter engineered, something that you're like, oh, I'm hanging your hat on this stuff. It's not, it's not moving. It's going to be good to go. You know, it's, it's rift and quarter. It's engineered. I'm, I'm set. No yeah. problem. Um, installed it full spread adhesive with, uh, with Bona R851, used cleats and finished the floors. Everything looked great. About two weeks later, uh, the, the builder called me back and said that uh, we have white lines between all the boards. And I was like, what? I've, I've never had white line syndrome. And that's basically what was happening. But what I found when I went back was that the floors were just slightly dry cupped. Not a, not a lot, but just enough to cause white line syndrome. And, and I don't know why I didn't even think right off the bat oh let me let me call scott from Pitbox. let let me get a readout of the floor because uh you can get a, a readout of the floor over the from the time that you installed it to that moment and it gives you two readings a day uh so i went about it not really knowing what was happening and i think i spoke to allegheny about the floor and and uh zach over at allegheny is like well call scott because there's a fit box in there he can give yeah. you some information. I'm like, wow, why didn't I think about that before? I've been using these products. <laughs> what, where the hell my brain wasn't going there. But yeah. Uh, so I called him. He sent me a report. I was able to send the report to the builder and send it to the HVAC guy. And what we found was that the floor temperature was spiking up to 97, 98 degrees and, you know, radiant heat over uh, under hardwood floors cannot go above 80 degrees. Mm -hmm. So, clearly 80 98 99 degree temperature 97 it was kind of all over the place was was the factor here and i was able to really vindicate myself that it wasn't anything that i had done the installation the flooring the sanding process uh adequate time for the stain to dry everything was done properly it was the hvac guy who had jacked the heat up on the boiler too much wow and that was that was really an eye opener for me because I had been using them before that, but that was the first time it really saved my butt. 
Was that the one you brought Jeff and I in on? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yep. It sounded familiar. I remember that now. Yeah, I talked because I called you guys about it first. I'm like, oh, this is what's yeah. going on here. Yeah, I, I remember talking to you about this, right? What a what a great story. And, what a uh, sigh of relief when yes. he called me back and said, Hey, guess what? The floor wow. was up to 100 yeah. degrees. I was like, All right, Holy we're smokes. all going to sleep good this weekend. You know, and it kind of you, at the beginning of the show, you talked about this as great partners. I mean, you talked about Allegheny Hardwich, which is a which is a fantastic floor. You talked about Fitbit and, and Fitbit and, and products and being able to call the the rep and and uh, your partner that that that, that, that does the encapsulation and all the work re remediation work. You know, the more you can surround yourself with good people in this industry, you know that that um, that quality minded people, the better off you are. It kind of raises everybody's. Uh, 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 raises everybody's um, yeah those all, boats, all boats with the uh, high tide yes yeah. yes that 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 yeah, stuff except in except yes. where Adam lives it's going to flood your basement so we don't yeah, want to talk yeah, about high yeah, tides yeah yeah so uh, no but but it, the partnerships are important and uh, and that's why I, I know you went to the NWFA I, that's why I think being around good people and and, and you know going going those certificates you talked about. You know what? That's just power because it's knowledge. And, and when you go in for estimates, you know, you know what you're talking about. You feel like there's a science behind what you're talking about. It's just not Adam against the world. You don't say these things because you're on a, it's a hunch. You know what I mean? These are things that are science. That, 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 and so when you apply all this and you're not just, you know, a guy with a sander in the truck, you're the, there's a whole, this, this, you're an expert in your field and, and it's a great feeling. You know what I mean? And, and it, it shows how serious you take this craft. And you see that by your Instagram is, you know, this, you don't do this is a passion for you. You know what I mean? It's very obvious to see that you, you're good at what you do and you enjoy it. And, and, uh, and it's cool, man. It's kind of uh, uh, neat watching your success. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to win wood floor of the year anytime soon with it, but. Hey, listen, <laughs> that, no, that's, hear uh, the, wait, wait, <laughs> hear it. I can hear the music now. Yeah, there, there, there it is. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There it is. yeah. 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 Good yeah. floor the the trumpet. No, listen, oh, yeah, gotta uh, love it. I, I, I follow your floors, man, and your, your, your floors are stunning, man. Really, just gosh, even the little details, the little details about your work. I mean, uh, even upstairs on this goes back a while back when you had a uh, when you ripped off a, like a sixteenth of inch off every board. So when you got up against the uh, against the bullnose or whatever, that that there was no rip there. No, the little yeah. things. See, I follow. I pay attention, Adam. Uh, Thank you, Wayne. All the little things, man, that make such a big difference. That uh, that that takes a little bit extra time, a little bit extra care and craftsmanship, but it elevates the industry and your business and uh, and I think quality of life too. I just look at everything from thirty thousand feet. Right. You should... Yeah. That that's a, that's that's the Wayne and Ruff. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you. I want to get back to the fit box a little bit. Um, what did the fit box cost you? Uh, roughly just i think they're about 250 dollars. 250 dollars. and how much was that job worth if you don't mind uh well a resand of that job was it was uh it was about five thousand square feet to resand just to resand wow. yeah the whole the whole house was radiant so it's five thousand square feet figure yeah you know, but it could have it could have also been a rip out could have been you're right five thousand so, if Rob was to sand that over, that would be like six thousand bucks. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Rob. You know it was there. Oh, uh, I know. You had to get one in. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Rob. Well, uh, the reason that I I hit on this is because um, there's some technology out there that is just saving guys big time, and I didn't even know about this Fitbox. I do a lot with sport and guys in sport are using hobos where it's kind of a leave a hobo behind, kind of hide it someplace. And it tells you the fluctuations of temperature and humidity through the year. So guys can, you know, if floors are um, cupping or crowning or, or whatever's going on and it wasn't anything to do with them or um, side bonding now these hobos that are being left behind they can just show the guy the reading and say hey you know here was the guidelines that we told you to use and mm -hmm. you fell out of that guideline so how do you expect us to control if you're not going to control it so this is a great one this fit box 
I mean, two hundred fifty dollars saved you. A lot. It could have been a hundred thousand dollars. If I had to rip out the floors, yeah, I think I think the the new floors installed and finished for yeah about a hundred twenty thousand dollars or so. We did some yeah. curved nosings there. I mean, we did some wood bending and oh my gosh, it was yeah. there was there so was a lot. So if the people of are fit boxer listening, I'll give you my address. You know. Mm -hmm. Maybe send me something, a couple of fit boxes personally. Yeah. Maybe what I find is sweatshirt. you got to put this information in your quotes. I, I've, I, I've get some positive and negative feedback about this, and I would say that my quotes are as detailed as I, as you would think they would be from me. Um, I put a lot of information in there. I put the grit sequence, how we're going to sand, what type of equipment we're going to sand. What RH I expect your home to be, uh, what is required for the floors to be. And I think that I get some feedback from customers that, wow, I, I was really impressed. I've never seen a quote like this. I've never seen so much information. And they actually read it and they and they internalize it. And then you get other people who are like, wow, there's way too much stuff going on there. I, I don't have time. Like, I'm way too busy for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought you were going to come in and do like a carpet bank, carpet shampoo or something. <laughs> but even from other floor guys, you know, I, I've, I've certainly looked at other quotes that have, people have asked me, well, why is yours so much more than this guy? Well, let me check out their quote and I'll, maybe I can help you out with it. And they've, they've certainly <laughs> shared them with me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just... To me, it's amusing because it's, you know, sand and finish, two coats. Mm. <laughs> You're like, well, what the hell are you doing? What, right, what right. Coat? <laughs> two coats of what? Yeah. yeah. Uh, none, of your biz none of your business. Yeah, they think that homeowners are stupid and that they shouldn't be educated. I, I just think total opposite. I think the homeowner should be educated on all the options out there. Let them decide. Yeah. And. And that's what I like to do. I like to say, well, this is this is one option. This is this is the, what you can expect from this option. And here's your others and what you can expect. Mm -hmm. Sounds like your quotes read like an inspector's report, kind of. Probably. A, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I'm not an inspector, but I wouldn't doubt it. So while well, I got you also on here, one last thing is uh, uh, acclimation talking about acclim acclimating the floors and what have you. And, and, and you're doing that, you're bringing the wood in and, and acclimating the floors. And that's, that's part of the, the process too. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. Sure. Unlike our acclimation process and how we do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, well, generally, you know, for sure, you got to have normal living conditions. So we're not going to bring the wood to your house until you have heating, air conditioning. Um, and a lot of times until the subfloor basements are fixed um and, and whatever's going on there once once that's happened really for me it's it's more about the environment the wood's going into you know the wood that we're receiving is is kiln dried yeah. especially in the covid times and even times now where that wood's not sitting around very long we get that wood it's pretty consistent between six and nine percent moisture content occasionally i get some wood that would be in the 12s to 14s Maybe it was sitting in the warehouse for a while. Um, so you have to look and see what see what it is. And you have to check because you don't really know. But that's why I like to have my relationship with, say, Allegheny, because it's more consistent. I know Denny really well. I know how he dries his wood. I've been up to their facility. Um, and he is an expert on the drying process. And I think that's a part of why his wood is so good, because he is really, he treats it like a science and he's done it his whole life. So process of drying for him is, is, is an art. And, and so I find that if I treat the environment first, when I bring the wood at that point, for me, the wood is only more of a temperature thing. So if you were waiting for wood to take on three, four, five moisture points, that's going to take, uh, it's going to take well over a month. That's yeah. not going to happen in a right. week. So seven days means buckets other than for temperature. Mm -hmm. You have to check the moisture content of the subfloors. I find them to be usually more consistent in a lived-in home, uh, definitely less consistent in new construction where the subfloors have gotten wet. So you have to get the heating and cooling systems up and running. And they're generally what is, is drying out the subfloors. I have a builder around here that I really appreciate because he brings in a beat-up furnace and he sticks that beat-up furnace uh, in the middle of the living room very early on. 
where a lot of times some of the feedback I've gotten from builders as well, we don't want to turn the furnace on because right. the furnace is going to get destroyed from dust and sheetrock dust. And every smart. And this guy just has um, an old beat up furnace. They do, they happen to do HVAC plumbing, electrical and building It's kind of a rare breed that they uh, do all of them in house. So I guess it makes it a little easier for him that they can put an old furnace. But when I go to his job sites, they are, when he says he's ready for wood, he is ready for wood. It is perfect. Um, the, the moisture content of the subfloors are six to eight The woods coming in six to eight. I mean, they're right on par and I don't have any issues. So really it's, that's my job as the estimator um, and the quality control guy in my business where I am checking moisture. And if there's a problem, then we have to wait. That's actually great that they do that. That's pretty slick. So a couple of things, Adam, um, somebody coming into the trade. Well, I was at the NWFA last, uh, last couple of weeks ago now, and there was some guys walking around with the yellow tags on that said new members. If you had, a, if you were talking to a new guy in the trade, getting into the trade right now, give us, give us maybe one of your two best tips uh, for running a, a hardwood floor business. <laughs> My two best tips. Uh, do the best that you can every day. Don't take any, don't, you know, uh, well, I have to get a word this differently. Just, you know, for me, it's, it's really about the quality of what we're putting out there. I don't care if you're doing one little tiny bedroom or you're doing a 12,000 square foot house. Every little detail of that job has got to be the best that you can put out there. And not everyone is going to be perceptive to that or receptive, sorry to that. So don't be alarmed when people don't see the value in you doing the highest quality job possible because it, it just won't be for everybody. But I think if you commit to quality from, from the get-go, and that's really what you care about more than anything else, everything else will fall in line from there. It's got to be quality first, in my opinion, and that's how I've built my business. And I think that that's why I've been successful, why we have over 20 employees and why we have a two, three month backlog at all times. It's because I care more about quality than I do about, about our schedule, which, you know, the girls in my office would scream at me for saying that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're answering their customers on schedule. But for me, if I have to spend an extra day making that job look perfect, then it was worth every penny of that extra day. And I think that's the best advice is just don't take second quality at all. It's got to be first quality across the board, the best products you can find and, and get the training that's out there. You know, it takes, it takes a long time to get all of it. You can't do it overnight. You know, I, it, it took me several years to get the NWFA certifications. I have uh, Bona was great because Bona is in my backyard. I mean, that was beautiful. And I, and I go to the training center and I, and I talk to Jeff all the time and he's been an amazing resource for me. Rob, you did the class for me. What was that? Was that five, six years ago, maybe? Yeah. Uh, whenever that was, but you know, those, I think we've those, had more of your guys come through since then too. Yes. Yeah. So we're always sending any, any guys that come in, we, we send them to Bona class and you, you can't undervalue what that education process is and you can't undervalue doing the absolute best that you can do. And you're going to get better. You know, you're not going to start off with your own business and be the best there is. It's just impossible. Uh, but if you get a little bit better every job that you do, then you'll look back and you'll be like, wow, I can do things now that I never dreamed of before. You know, like taking the advanced uh, NWFA class and we're doing like the pattern floors that we do now. Like, Ten years ago, I wasn't doing pattern floors like that. Now we're not afraid to tackle you know, any project. And the more people see these projects that you've done, the more they want to take on more advanced projects with you. And then it becomes fun because, you know, it could be draining. It's a really tough job. You're getting dirty. Uh, you're getting abused sometimes, a lot of times. Mm -hmm. You know, it is a really tough, tough uh, trade to be in, I think. All trades are tough. Yeah. But I think flooring is particularly tough. And we're, we have to deal with coatings, you know, and I, don't, I think people who don't, have never coded anything in their life i have no idea what we have to deal with as coders <laughs> the environment yeah. the temperature the air 
why did something go wrong? Sometimes you're like, you're shaking your head. I don't know. It should have went perfect. I did everything the way I did yeah. it last time. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so just never give up, right? Just keep going. And, yeah. and if, if you have a resand, it's not the end of the world. You'll have less as time goes on. And, you know, really training with a having a great mentor. I think you can't understate that either. Yeah. And not not training with them for one year, but training with them for several years if you can. Well, I mean, your name has been become synonymous with quality now, uh, and it is, it's an honor to have you on. Um, like I said, I've followed you and known you uh, well before I got a chance to meet you. So uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on with us. And uh, so thank you a lot for that, Adam. Well, I really appreciate you guys having me on. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I listened to the last podcast. That was that was a lot. That was <laughs> that was really fun. <laughs> Appreciate your shout out there too. And yeah, and uh, and then thank you, thank you for dinner the in Milwaukee. <laughs> Very welcome. Yeah, and was enjoy the company. Is there anything else you want to touch on uh, before we go? Anything we didn't hit? Maybe we should have asked you. Um, I think we covered the the article pretty well. And is that is that the only place it's at? It's Wood Floor Business Magazine. I would say the yeah, the only place it is at the moment would be Wood Floor Business. Okay. Either the either the magazine or online for them. Okay. And uh, check out my Instagram. You know, I I really uh, I really like the interaction I get from other floor guys. I love cool. when floor guys ask me questions out there and 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 uh, ask me for help and private message me. You know, I, I talk to a lot of floor guys throughout the country. It's to me, that's a lot of fun. And if I can help anybody, it makes my day. Very cool. Awesome, Adam. Appreciate it, man, very much. Yeah, thanks, Wayne. Thanks, Rob. Uh, yep. You're Thank welcome. You. Thanks for coming up. Yes, sir. And this has been another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. Please stay tuned for another episode.